Welcome to The Radical Therapist. This is your host, Chris Hoff, and we are now at episode number 101. And today we're going to be speaking with Jennifer England, who is a coach for Committed Leaders of Social Change. And it wasn't so long ago that I found myself in this place where I felt a little stuck, didn't know what to do, didn't know what was next, and found Jennifer. I forget how I found her, but I found Jennifer uh, and I signed up for one of her workshops, uh, Commit to Your Cause workshop. It was uh, kind of run over four weeks, and I just found it really helpful for me to figure out my what's next, to kind of get unstuck, and um, kind of stay committed. So, um, so I invited Jennifer to come on the podcast today, and before we get to that, I just wanted to uh, maybe do a quick announcement. There's a new video up on the YouTube channel, the Radical Therapist YouTube channel, so if you not have not discovered that yet, please go check it out. A lot of resources uh, that folks are using. I get a lot of uh, uh, emails from students that have thought, have watched them in their classes and that kind of thing, and so that's great. But I just did one on expanding the therapist's window of tolerance, where I kind of talk about uh, at least one way that um, our ability to hold space or sit with folks gets minimized uh, because of... Uh, you know, some discourse, uh, but go check that out. That's at the Radical Therapist YouTube channel, and please feel please feel free to subscribe and like and all of that stuff. And please feel free to, sh- of course, to share this and find me on the social medias on Instagram, on Facebook, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so without further ado, let's meet Jennifer England. Jennifer supports courageous leaders and teams to strengthen their potential as transformational agents of social change. After two decades as an executive public servant and nonprofit leader, she founded Spark Coaching and Consulting, which focuses on the intersection of personal development, leadership, and systems change. As a master integral coach and a highly skilled facilitator, she develops capacities to navigate transition, uncertainty, difficult collaborations, and up-level bold and creative impact. She's the creator and lead teacher of Becoming, a five-month group program for committed leaders of social change, and hosts the new podcast, The Tension of Emergence, coming in late April 2022, any day now. In her free time, she can be found stoking her wood stove, waxing her skis, and pursuing backcountry adventures in Yukon and Alaska with her family. So... Uh, without further ado, let's meet Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to The Radical Therapist. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yes, I appreciate you making the time, and I'm excited to talk to you And um, just because of how helpful you were to me. And I guess we can start by I'm wondering if you could just share a bit, for our audience, share a bit about your professional and personal story and how did you find your way to the work you're doing now? Yeah, great question. I guess going, how far back do I go? I would say initially my love of human rights and gender equality and climate sustainability was an inspiring thread early days. Like when I look back in high school, I was the kid who started the environmental club. I was the kid who 
you know, hung out at the new Earth's General Store in Edmonton, where where I grew up, and read the kind of um, yeah, kind of cool papers about First Nations rights, Indigenous rights, and I was the kid who invited a grand chief to come and speak to my high school about uh, reconciliation and logging and the importance of first uh, self-government. And so I had this passion for human rights and social change and wanted to be a part of that. And so I went to university, I went to Queen's University in Canada and really uh, started actually thinking about being a wildlife biologist because I love the outdoors and then it was this interrelationship between culture and place that inspired me to delve into human geography. So my trajectory actually was human geography and then feminist geography. I became passionate about gender equality and that took me to graduate school at the University of British Columbia. And there I really got involved in the downtown east side, which for your listeners, if you're not Canadian, it's the largest inner city um, community in Canada that has an intense um, housing crisis, drug addiction crisis, and lots of rural to urban migration of Indigenous peoples who are were struggling with the history of residential school. And so my research um, became focused on women's agency and resisting stereotypes through film and police brutality and so forth. And I considered going on and doing a PhD at that time, but I I decided to uh, forego academia for a while and really become uh, involved in the downtown Eastside community at the largest women's center in Western Canada. Mm. And that was the beginning of some profound unlearning, <laughs> particularly of a, a ton of sort of middle class ways of being, um, understanding my whiteness, um, understanding all those aspects of myself that contributed to maintaining systems of oppression with really um, strong interpersonal relationships with women who lived and in the downtown Eastside community. And so from there I decided I needed more, um, I actually abandoned academia at that point because that experience in the nonprofit world um, opened up a whole part of me, a heart, um, a sensibility of being on the ground that I loved. And so from there, I went north with my partner at the time, and, and we landed in Whitehorse, Yukon, which is, for listeners in the States, it's uh, right next to Alaska, headed north because of my our love of the wilderness, and uh, ended up in the public service as a senior executive for a gender equality department. Long story short, I think, you know, I, I hit these trajectories or pivot points of where I've left you know, a trajectory, like I've left academia or left the public service to go into deeper integral coaching work. And for me, after about 20 years in the public service, which was amazing, I ended up um, deciding to do deeper inner work. And so it's the intersection of inner transformation, self as instrument with leadership. How can we be a service to change and the systems that are maintaining the, the opp oppressive structures and inequalities in our in our culture. So a long trajectory, human <laughs> rights, and then, yeah, ended up in coaching about two years ago full time. Yeah, wonderful. Um, and I guess, could you share with us your coaching philosophy or why someone would engage a coach? Yeah, great question. I think um, the first 
thing I would say as a coach, I feel like we're in constant development, just as my little story just showed, as I'm influenced by adult development and the work of Robert Keegan for listeners who know some of his work. And so this beautiful possibility that we're always expanding. So that's the first piece is that I believe, you know, even if you're in your 20s or 30s or even in your 70s, that there's this potential for growth and development if we're open to it. So I would say that's the first thing. The second thing is that for those who have critical or anti-oppression lens, that that's really important to my work is that we're not failed humans, you know, who have something wrong with us. We're often responding to the kinds of structures or constraints in, in our world. And so how do we engage and recognize those, recognize our inherent wholeness and our incredible gifts and strengths, and then respond to where we're really feeling called to grow, where we're feeling long, longing to make an impact. And so for somebody wanting to engage a coach, why would you? You've got you know, some deep longing, you wanna stretch, you wanna expand, you wanna up-level your contribution. And you know, you're, you're curious about what kind of body of work or what's on the other side of a transition could mean for your level of and depth of contribution and your depth of fulfillment. I mean, that's a big reason why people come to coaching is they've, they've lost some of their mojo, they've lost some fulfillment and they want to reclaim that. And so that's part of why someone would want to work for a coach. Or if you're struggling, you feel stuck and you are unsure and you've tried the same thing over and over and over again and you just can't seem to get to the other side um whether there's no place to get really (laughs) the other side of what it's a journey it's a it's a i think of it more as a spiral than as a linear a to b wonderful yeah we're gonna say something else no go okay yeah and thank you for that. And I participated in just so as I participated in your commit to your cause program, which was really helpful to me. And I, I know many listeners might be in the same place. I found myself, you know, and you mentioned it, experiencing stuckness and not sure what might be next. And I'm, I'm wondering if you could share some ideas about how we, you know, first, I know there's listeners out there that are probably struggling with that, how you, how we might discover our what's next. Yeah, great question. I, I would begin by really honoring whoever is feeling stuck right now that I think it's really normal. We are in a tremendous amount of strain as a global community now with the war, with two years of a pandemic, with so much of the world of work changing, incredible demands, trying to juggle parenting, supporting older folks, trying to figure out how you keep your job and work and life you know, um, going. And so I think because of that strain, we have lost touch with what brings us alive. And so the first thing I feel so important is just touching into your longing, really connecting with what desire or what energy is calling you and and what creative life force can you be in touch with. And for me, what's calling us forward, um, you know, paying attention to those little micro clues, like maybe it's just someone you admire, or there's a body of work, or there's this cool collaboration happening over there that you think is um, fascinating 
paying attention to that and then what on the in your body some really touching into your your body about what lights you up and what that feels like and the more we pay attention to that the more we can um we can tend and grow that so that's the first thing and i think the second thing is is then having the courage to just do little mini experiments you know playing and bringing some lightness to what it is that brings you alive and doing more of that i mean that that seems really straightforward but often we get you know trip tripped up that it needs to be perfect or it needs to be robust and so what are these small little playful moves in the day or in your week that draw you closer to what it is that you're longing for Wonderful. i also yeah, yeah and i would just also say whatever's feeling stuck or hard or difficult the other suggestion is to go into that feeling and not to try to bypass it or to reject it or to go around it, but to embrace it. And this is the tension um, that I speak about in my upcoming podcast, The Tension of Emergence. Sorry, dog barking, if anyone can hear that. <laughs> it's a young puppy who sees something outside. Um, but to not go, to go right into that feeling and, and befriend it because that's going to also help relax some of the resistance that you have inside yourself. Wonderful. Um, you also counter the work faster or harder culture that is predominant in our contemporary times. And I, I was wondering if you could say more about your approach and the culture of urgency and endless distractions we are all being you know, under the influence of. Yeah, culture of urgency, whose who's hand is up for that. <laughs> yeah, I think the two things that I speak about a lot in, in Commit to Your Cause comes from my own personal experience and seeing so many leaders a, around the world grapple with this. And the first, the culture of urgency is just this illusion that everything is urgent and everything has an equal um, intensity and the idea that we need to solve everything faster now and, and that our worth is dependent on that, on us solving things faster right now. And that just draws us outside of our center. And that's equal to distraction. I mean, just look at, I mean, social media is a good example. The amount and intensity in which we're, um, we're being called to <laughs> give our attention to everything, you know, is, is a part of our hyper-capitalist uh, society. And so for me, those things push us into a particular um, codes of behavior that constantly push us outside of ourselves. And it's how do we befriend slowing down? How do we befriend stillness? How do we understand that, yeah, not everything is, an ur is urgent. Yes, war in Ukraine is urgent, but right now in this moment, I actually have very little control of what's happening in Ukraine. And so knowing what I can control and what I can't, and being able to just um, set some boundaries such that I can be more conscious of where I'm giving my attention. So I can give it to the what's more nourishing, that I can give it to where my desires are heading. And I can then therefore really tap more deeply into who I am and what, how I want to contribute. Wonderful. Uh, your work is also focused on committed leaders of social change. And uh, what are some of the, uh, which I think a lot of our listeners are, what are some of the challenges and opportunities do you find these leaders are experiencing in these times? Yeah, 
Great question. It's almost like there's so many infinite levels <laughs> to that. But I think the first piece that I really um, notice is the exhaustion and the burnout, number one. I mean, there for many of us trying to change systems or trying to collaborate across difference in multi-stakeholder environments or even head big projects. Many of your listeners are therapists. They may be researchers. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of collaboration that needs to happen across many different intersections and that changes slow and i think many leaders in the level of complexity and chaos to some extent it can be very challenging to move um, structures that have solidified over time and are also crumbling so we're in a transition globally of moving from sort of modern state structures increased um, skepticism and frustration with those structures and how do we create and, uh, and allow an emergence of new ways of being together, especially with issues like um, addressing systemic racism and also colonization, like in, in Canada. I mean, we've, we're in the midst of trying to reconcile and, re and form reconciliation with Indigenous partners, but all of that is a ton. And so what are the ways of being that leaders need to tap into such that they can go the long marathon, be sustainable, and not exhaust their bodies in the in the process, because we can believe that everything's on our shoulders and everything's urgent. And yet the reality is with social change making, it's, um, I love the analogy, it's, it's, it's like a beautiful cathedral that people we're building. And the work that you and I put in are not necessarily going to, we're not going to see it, the results in our lifetime, we're not going to see the completion of that cathedral in our lifetime. And so how do we, the opportunity is how do we create new networks? How do we listen to our bodies and root ourselves more in the rhythms of our planet and really be able to work together with more pleasure, more ease and more creativity in our collaborations. And so for me, that means leaders need to go deep in their own resourcefulness and understand, okay, what can I develop on my internal resources such that I can become an instrument for change externally? So it's that beautiful dance between inner and outer change that conscious leaders recognize that they need both. They can't just hammer and sort of tick off the outcome milestone boxes of smart objectives in order to get where they want to go if they want to feel the fulfillment in creating the kind of change they're longing to have. Awesome, thanks. Okay, uh, you've kind of talked about this, but our times are uncertain and social change feels messy and confusing. And uh, what are some words of wisdom you can share with our listeners who have a desire for impact? I would say thank you. My gratitude, first of all, that you care that much about where we're headed and to recognize all the people around you that are equally caring and interested and creative. And I think for me, how can we open ourselves to the challenging differences that we find ourselves in our teams and our communities and our companies? What can we open up to and have the courage to open up to and, and hold the tension of all the stretch and all the competing perspectives? 
how can you hold that such that together you find a way through? Because if we can't hold this tension, whether it's on race relations, whether it's on decolonization, whether it's on how can our governments become a force of good, how can our communities become a force of good, how can we talk between red and blue, you know, white, black, gay, straight, all the differences, how can we hold that tension? And I believe we can if we are able to work with our nervous systems, work with our bodies, and also trust that this kind of constriction point we're going through is on behalf of something so much deeper and bigger and more beautiful than we've ever known. And nothing can be birthed without going through that tension. And so I would just say thank you for being in whatever field or project or relationship or or, um, work that you're in and know that the tension is on behalf of something bigger and that the more we can speak to that, the more we can hold that, the more we can be with the paradoxes and the polarities of our becoming and allow and celebrate the the mini emergences, the little mini wins, the, the new relationships, the new insights, the new ways of um, bringing community together um, is possible. Oh, wonderful. And thank you for that. I have two more questions for you, Jennifer. And uh, I always like to ask this question of my podcast guests. And, um, and that is, what are the books, films, mm-hmm. thinkers, ideas that are capturing your attention these days? Yeah, great. Um, so much. I in terms of ideas, I am really influenced right now and by folks working on the concept of emergence. It's my podcast, The Tension of Emergence, that's coming up. So I just love and I'm so attracted to this idea of um, getting lost, Rebecca Solness' uh, book, you know, The Field Guide to Getting Lost, getting lost, wandering off the map and allowing ourselves to disidentify with binaries, to disidentify with concrete outcomes, and to explore what happens in the journey itself. So Bio Akamalafe, his work um, uh, is really the Nigerian philosopher. I I really am interested in his work. And also um, Adrian Marie Brown's book, uh, Pleasure Activism, sort of on a similar similar realm of of the the process of emergence the process of activism not as being a grind but being delightful and how can we bring delight and pursue pursue that in ourselves such that we can inform the ways of working together that feel really buoyant so those ideas have been um really razzing me up and i would say in terms of a film i just saw in vancouver the worst person in the world uh the main character is up for uh, an award at the Cannes film festival but that was a beautiful sort of a dark romantic comedy and was brilliantly written and i really love that film so that was uh that was a fun one that i've just watched Wonderful. All right. And final question. How can our listeners find you? Uh, and what are you up to? And, and what might they be interested in? Cool. So you can find me on the web at www.sparkcoaching.ca. I'm also on Instagram and LinkedIn. So you can find me there at sparkcoaching. Uh, at sparkcoaching is the Instagram handle. And LinkedIn, Jennifer England. And what I'm up to, so podcast, um, which is very fun. So my new podcast comes out in May 
Um, the trailer will be out late April, so the tension of emergence. And it's all about the power of letting go in times of uncertainty. So if that feels um, that would be supportive to you, come check that out. It will be on podcasts everywhere. And I also have opportunities to work with me one-on-one in four-month and nine-month deep dive transformational programs. And then I have a group program that kicks off in September. It's called Becoming. It's a five-month group coaching for committed leaders of social change who want to do some deeper inner work in order to get traction on their cause. Wonderful. Uh, And as somebody that has actually worked with Jennifer, been through one of her programs, I can uh, highly recommend. So um, uh, it was uh, very, very helpful for me. Uh, Jennifer, thank you for making the time. And and listeners, I will link all, I will link Jennifer's website and um, IG and LinkedIn on the show notes. So look for that. And, And Jennifer, just thank you for making the time. Thank you, Chris. All right, that's our show, and as always, thanks for watching, and you can find Jennifer, again, at sparkcoaching.ca, and I'll have links and all of that down in the show notes. Just look for those there, and please, don't hesitate if you feel like you could uh, use a little help on this journey. Don't hesitate to reach out to Jennifer, and as always, come find me, uh, email radicaltherapist at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram at the Radical Therapist. You can also find me at Dr. Chris Hoff. Um, and I'm on Facebook at the Radical Therapist and would like to um, meet you all there at those spaces. So, And again, just a reminder, there's a new YouTube video up at the Radical Therapist on YouTube. Go check it out. Like, subscribe, and share, please. And as always, I'm Dr. Chris Hoff. This has been the Radical Therapist Podcast. Thanks for listening.